time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. The Memorial Day Weekend Edition, BetQL Weekend. Mike Matansky, WEEI in Boston. Jack Fritz, WIP Philadelphia. Mutt and Fritz hanging out with you, getting set for a big, big, big weekend. Uh, we got NBA, we got NFL. Uh, I will spend many minutes at the end of the show celebrating my Preakness picks, since Jack won't do it anywhere, anyplace, anytime. What's up, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing good, pal. Um, you know, I, I hope that for your sake, and, and truly a, a, a city that has really been down on its luck recently when it comes yeah. to sports teams, yeah. um, I really hope the Celtics can come through and, and give really your sports-starved city a, another trip to the finals. I, I'm sure as a lifelong fan, it would really mean a lot. Uh, to, to see yet again another Boston team in the finals. I don't know what they Finally. have in the water up there, but Finally. it's truly remarkable. Yep. Yeah, it's been a drought, man. It's been a long time between championships here in Boston. I'm sure the rest of the country really rooting for Boston to finally get a championship. I can feel it across the BetQL network, all our BetQL affiliates, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Very excited to see the Boston Celtics potentially in an NBA final. We have our first edition dissecting the divisions coming up. We'll talk about the NFC East. That's uh, Jack's neck of the woods. Uh, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders, and a bunch of wild stuff, including Memorial Day weekend over-unders in our final segment of the show. We will start with the NBA with this precursor off the top. The way this show is scheduled, we are talking before game six, Celtics and Heat. So we know the Warriors are in. You didn't believe in the Golden State Warriors. You had the Suns over the Warriors. Uh, we told you to back them at about three and a half to one. A couple of weeks ago, they were great last night in their win. Clay Thompson, it's hard not to root for that guy based on his injury, what he's come back from. Uh, your thoughts on the Warriors here, Jack, getting through to an NBA final with their core still intact with some younger players stepping up here. Yeah, it's impressive. I, I just don't, I still don't think they're that good. Like, I think they're, I think they're still the Warriors. <laughs> like, they, they still have the, the Warriors characteristics, but like, I've seen, the Warriors teams that were in it every year, even before KD, I felt like we're a little bit on like a different planet. You know, I think they're good, right? I think this is definitely a good Warriors team, and I think they're going to roll the Celtics. I'm sorry, um, but I, I think they're going like, to – I just don't think that Boston can score with, with, with the Warriors, frankly. Like, I think they're a very defensive-laden team. Um, so, you know, it, I just don't think the West is that good. You know, I don't think the West is – as good as it was back in the day when the Warriors had to kind of get there. I thought the Clippers teams were better. I thought, I thought um, the Houston team with James, Rock, uh, James Harden, I thought they were better. So like beating Luca and the Mavs, you know, it's clear that Luca's a year or two away from being really ready for this. And I yeah. do wonder how that team ages. I, I, I've been on this whole, I don't think they need a second star because I think Jalen Brunson can be their second star and just kind of develop it like the, the, the Bucks did in the East and, and have Luca being this big usage guy. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very curious to see where that team goes, but this Warriors team, um, you know, they should have been able to beat Luca. Uh, the Suns obviously ended up being totally fraudulent. Looking back, that was a mistake to back them as, as, as hard as I did. Um, knowing that Chris Paul's like gotten one finals in his life. So, um, you know, I think they're good. I don't think they're unbelievable, um, but I think they're good enough to definitely beat this Celtics or Heat team. Frankly, I think it's, it would be a shock if the Heat find a way to win this series. Um, so I'm kind of – even Draymond last night was like, yeah, we're playing the Celtics. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a Warriors championship again. Um, I just think the West is kind of weaker than it was when they were kind of coming through it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think the world's going to feel that way. I mean, right now, the look ahead, again, we're before game six uh, on Friday, Celtics heat. I expect the Celtics to win pretty handily, but we will address if it is heat and Warriors, which I think would be all Warriors if that's a matchup. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, what, in four? I mean, would, yeah. it be, would, it be, would it be dubs in four if it's this heat team? Maybe a gentleman's sweep, I guess. Uh, you, you were right about it. You and I talked about Kyle Lowry off the air before the series started. You told me he was done. He played a really good game and a half, and uh, the weight has caught up to him. The age has caught up to him. The hamstrings caught up to him. He is a shell of himself right yes. now, as is the entire Miami team. It's been a war of attrition, uh, and the Celtics are surviving it. Their guys are healthy at the end of the series. The Heat aren't. And the Warriors are already big favorites, right? Minus 120, minus 130 favorite, depending on where you look against the Celtics, they'd be a much bigger favorite uh, against the Miami Heat. Celtics are plus 140, you know, before this series starts. Um, and I don't hate that number. I, I think you're underrating how good the Celtics defense is. Like, their, their switch flipped for them back in January when they committed to defense. Like, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who was named an all-NBA guy this year, and he should have been. He's one of the best five players in the NBA, pretty clearly in my mind, because he has the defense and the scoring. They are the one team, Jack. The Steve Kerr-led Golden State Warriors are over 500 against every team in the NBA since Kerr got there, except the Celtics. They are 7-9 and nine against this Celtic team under Steve Kerr. The Celtics have played them well for going on a half a decade now. Big games in Boston. They beat them out of Golden State a couple of years ago. Like, they have played with Golden State. Unlike the other teams in the East, they have the defense. Like, they have Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. He can defend Curry and Klay Thompson. So can Jalen Brown. Robert Williams inside, Al Horford against Draymond Green. There are some really, really good matchups for the Celtics. And I don't want to make the eyes roll back in your head going deep dive NBA analytics here. But the Celtics, they switch more than any NBA team on defense in the league. So that beautiful offense that Golden State runs, it's not going to look as beautiful because they switch so much. Emi Yodoka's brought that San Antonio defense. Uh, think of what you said, Houston in 2018, what they were able to do against Golden State. So I think you're selling the Celtics short, no surprise. Uh, you don't like Boston. You're not a fan of the Celtics teams or any of the teams here in Boston. You hate the Patriots. So I get your preconceived anger, but people are uh, are looking past the Celtics here already before this series starts. They can match up with Golden State. Tatum's one of the best players in the NBA. They can easily win this series against the Warriors. Wow, easily. Um, I will say, I don't know if that's fair, because I believe it was a couple weeks ago, I was on the Celtics plus 900 to make the finals uh, and, and win the Oh, East. okay, yeah, so. yeah. And people do forget that. If you want to bring up the Suns pick, bring up the Celtics pick, Mutt. I mean, come on. That's what teammates are supposed to do. Unbelievable. Um, no, honestly, like, I can't wait. You know, I, I really can't. And, and frankly, if it's the Heat, I, I will be furious. You know, I, I just – I have no interest in watching that team try to – so if, you're, if your Celtics can't finish out this series, like, they don't – they should just Choke. pull the team. Choke. Say the word. Yeah. It, it would be a choke. It yeah. would be an epic it's, choke by this team, Jack. Yes, it would be. It would be a massive choke. But I, I genuinely can't wait because I listen. I think their defense is is really really good. Um, and the weird part about this Warriors team is that out of nowhere they'll throw a clunker in there. Like they'll just throw out a like the the the, the game they were down by fifty two against the Grizzlies or uh, game four against against the Mavs this series. Like they have these games where it's just like, did you even show up? And and I was remember questioning like what's up with the Warriors? Because they, they yeah. look like they were lacking that edge a little bit. Um, but it does seem like they've, they've gotten that back. I mean, they, they've taken care of business against the Mavs, even though I I like the Mavs a decent amount heading into the, the series. I didn't think they'd win, but I thought they'd make it more competitive um, than it was. So, you know, you're right. I mean, you're, you're right about the defense stuff. Um, for me, my, my doubting of the Celtics comes down to the offense. 
Like, I think Tatum's going to get his, but I also think they have a, I think the, speaking of <laughs> players that, that you can throw at Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, they also have a bunch of guys that can throw at Jason Tatum. You know, yeah. I mean, whether if they want to screw around and put Kaminga out there, Moody, Wiggins, Clay, like they have a ton of guys. And then it's, can the other guys in the Celtics beat them? And that's what I'm not sure about. I don't trust, I don't trust Marcus Smart. I know he's like a legend up there, but on the offensive side of the ball, it's like, if he's hitting three, he's great. If he's not, he's unplayable. Uh, Jalen Brown, I don't trust on a night in night out basis as someone that is loves same game parlays. I just, he can't dribble. He can't dribble right now. Uh, he's had turnover issues big time in these last couple of games. So that, that, that's certainly an issue. How about from a betting perspective, Jack, if you think the Warriors uh, are going to beat the Celtics, would you be interested in, Warriors minus 20 or minus 120. Would you go the Steph Curry MVP route? He's plus 120 to win the MVP. So obviously, if you think the Warriors are going to win, maybe you can make a little more money by betting Steph to win the MVP. Uh, next highest Warrior, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, both 17 to 1. So it's a pretty clear cut favorite as far as the MVP goes for the Warriors. You know, we're, we're a couple of days away here from knowing the, the official match. What would you want to do from a gambling standpoint? Just bet the Warriors outright, or is there a better way in your mind to go about betting the Warriors in the finals? Honestly, it's a little nitty gritty, but I'm all over Steph Curry's assist props. I think I think he, they're at about five and a half a game. Maybe they went up a little bit, but as the math series went on, he was getting about seven, eight assists a game um, as it was kind of moving towards later the later stages of that series. And if I'm the if I'm the Celtics, I'm shutting Steph down, not not let him get penetration, whatever. I just think Steph's gonna have a lot of times getting the ball out of his hand and into his teammates' hands. So. I think there's good value in that. I do think that there is good value in Clay. You know, it, just as a Finals MVP, like I think betting Steph is kind of pointless. You, you could probably get decent return on it. I mean, I know it's still plus money, so that's still good. Um, but Steph's never won Finals MVP. I mean, they they they're, yeah. they've won multiple titles. He's never won it. Like, Mutt, what is Steph Curry's signature Finals moment? It's getting shut down by Kevin Love. And it's passing the ball behind his back out of bounds late in the game. Like, I can't think of a really signature Steph Curry moment. And that doesn't mean Steph Curry's not a winner. That doesn't mean that I think I don't think he's a great player. It's just he doesn't really have that finals moment. Like the, the narrative is is setting up for it to be Steph's finals oh. MVP. But like there's no point. Like Clay, there is a narrative there too, where he's coming back from the torn Achilles and torn ACL. Um, he, he just a massive game last night, seven threes. So I think betting stuff's kind of pointless, but hey, I mean, I, I don't think taking Clay's a terrible idea. It's interesting you mentioned the narrative thing, and that ties into a, a really, 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 really long shot MVP bet that I'm interested in. Like, I, I think Jason Tatum at plus two twenty is fine. You're getting the Celtics at two to one. Versus probably, I don't know, they'll probably open as a you know a one thirty plus one thirty dog plus one twenty five dog. So you're, you're making more money there. I think the Celtics win nine times out of ten or eight times out of ten. Jason Tatum's the MVP if he's healthy. I'll give you a long shot, though, and you mentioned him earlier. You call him a hero up here. He is like the most polarizing Boston Celtic, and that is Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart right now is anywhere from 45 to 55 to 1 to win the finals MVP. I don't think it's the most likely scenario, but you mentioned narrative. And so I painted this picture in my mind in Boston where it's like they get to the finals, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. He has a hand in, say, shutting down or really slowing down Stefan and Clay Thompson. Like, the, and, the, and the stories start coming out. Marcus locking down the Warrior Stars. Marcus Smart shutting down Steph Curry. He, he averages 10, 12 points in the series, hits some big threes. You can convince me that a bunch of dumb sports writers that are watching this thing start buying into the narrative. Like, I could absolutely see, oh, Marcus Smart was the rock in this series. And at 44 
50, 55 to one. I'm going to have a few bucks on Marcus Smart to win the MVP of the NBA Finals because I've seen this before where a guy steps up defensively and people just, they drool all over themselves, even though Tatum's the best player. So I get your Clay Thompson point. Actually, if I like the Warriors, I'm with you. I'd like to invest some money in Clay Thompson. But if I'm betting the Celtics, I'm going to bet uh, some Jason Tatum. But at 44 to one, little pizza money involved here at uh, Marcus Smart to win the MVP. And then he'd really, then he'd really be a hero here in Boston yes. if that thing happens. Yes. Uh, well, it's funny because that's pretty much how uh, Iggy won his finals MVP. Yeah, was, good point. Like, good point. That means, I mean, LeBron only averaged, what, a triple-double? And he was down Kyrie and Kevin Love and still made that a series, but he's so overrated and shouldn't be considered as the GOAT because uh, he lost a finals game, uh, a finals appearance against the, the Warriors. But, um, like, that's how Iggy won his. And Iggy, yeah. quote-unquote, held. Uh, LeBron to a triple double and won the <laughs> finals MVP narrative again. It's, it's not, yeah. they don't go by stats and don't go by war. It's guys who are sitting there courtside sucking down diet Cokes and eating popcorn at halftime. They're deciding a lot of this. So I, I'm with you. The narratives are huge. I, I, a general question going into the NBA finals here. Cause I'm with you. I, I think it'll be a good series Celtics and, and warriors. Why have the playoffs sucked? Like as a, I, I have a team involved, so I've got to watch these games. If I was a casual fan in Philly or in Oklahoma City or something, I'd be mocking the heck out of these final these playoffs. They were awful in the Western Conference. They've been pretty bad to watch in the Eastern Conference. Like any Jack Fritz theories as to why the playoffs have been so bad? Is it is the time between games? Is it too bad team? Like, what's your theory? Because you must have one about these games. Well, I mean, uh, I was mocked by you and Zach last week for my rant about there's too many threes and there's no real NBA <laughs> playoff basketball anymore. Um, <laughs> It's not like I understand the three pointer. I understand how efficient it is, but I do think that it's too three point heavy to where if you're just making threes, then you're going to win that night. And that's every team now. Like there's no, there's no real differentiation between any of these teams in the NBA anymore. Everything, every, every team's looking for the same thing. It's three point, three pointers, layups and free throws. Like it's pretty much, it's almost a three outcome thing in baseball. They're all looking for the same thing. Like it doesn't matter which team it is. They're all looking to kind of accomplish the same goal. There's no, identities of this team so when you get to the playoffs and every team trying to do the same thing it's pretty much just who's hot that night from three and i think that's why we've gotten so many blowouts yeah and the eastern conference celtics and, and heat are both banged up you know that's been an issue there i'm not going to be surprised next year jack when the nba adds a couple of two-day breaks into the conference finals i'm sure the ratings are going to be atrocious i'm sure they're annoyed that the, the at halftime tnt and espn have had to beg people to stick around for the second half because the games uh, have been so bad but you and i both think we we're again taping before game six It'll be the Celtics advancing Celtics Warriors finals. I'll take the Celtics. You'll be on the Warriors in some way, shape, or form. Look forward to talking about that as the series gets going next Thursday. Uh, NFL season about 100 days away, folks. We start dissecting divisions. We'll start with Jack's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the NFC East. Not a great division, but an interesting one. We'll get to it coming up here. It's the BetQL weekend. Fritz and Mud do not go anywhere. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network. Trying to pack an entire weekend, a three-day weekend worth of sports uh, in just one hour. BetQL Weekend, Mutt and Fritz hanging out with you. You can check out Jack on Twitter. Jack Fritz, WIP, he's crying about the Phillies. He's trying to get the Phillies wins, reverse psychology. You can follow me for really, really bad tweets. I- I'm really bad on Twitter, but you can follow along. It'd yeah, nice like there's nothing there. Like, uh, you know, yeah. can you show me a little bit of personality? I, I mean, like I your team I is, 
your team is one win from the NBA Finals. I haven't seen any mutt tweets. It's like, uh, I'm a it's like I'm are a you even a fan? I'm a tweet voyeur. I I, I, I like watch, watching and retweeting more than I tweet. So so maybe yeah. not follow. Okay, maybe just maybe just follow Jack <laughs> Jack for its uh, WIP. Uh, what an unbelievable segment we have for you here, folks. Dissecting the divisions, one of the greatest names in the history of uh, weekend sports talk radio, uh, maybe ever, quite frankly, as we will spend the next uh, six weeks or so going through uh, all the divisions across the NFL. And I thought since no one else on our text chain for the show, including our producer, Zach, who's quiet unless the bets are winning, had any ideas where to start this, we'll start in the NFC East, where the Eagles are involved here. And overview to me, it's not a great division, but an interesting division. Is that fair? It is fair, and, and I do hope that you don't hurt yourself uh, too much, patting yourself on the back after coming up with the name, dissecting the division. So yep. um, <laughs> just, just stay healthy over there. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, the NFC East has been picked on uh, by outsiders like you for, for a long time, and a lot of it has been justified because it's just been – like, it is remarkable how bad this division's been. Like, Dak Prescott's probably the best quarterback in the division. Uh, he has been for the last couple of years. Then it'd been, like, Daniel Jones. Carson was completely done by the end here. Um, like, it, it just has been such a downturn. Like, Washington can't figure anything out. They can't get inconsistency. The Giants have been, like, basically the Browns uh, for, for the last five years, and no one even talks about it. They have the worst record in football. Um, the Cowboys are dysfunctional every year. They pick on a bad division, and they always choke in the playoffs. And the Eagles have... They, they had the Super Bowl. They've made the playoffs, but it's all been kind of fugazi. Like it's not, it hasn't been real. Um, even last year, I didn't, I didn't think was that real. So, but I will say that I think for the first time um, since I want to say maybe 16, 2016, um, there's more than one good team in the division. And I think the Cowboys are still going to be okay. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be better. And if they're not, it's a disaster. I think Washington has an actual quarterback. You know, it's so funny listening to them talk about, like Carson and they're like, Oh my God, he's unbelievable. He can make all the throws. And it's like, yeah, we know that like that much, that just shows you how bad Taylor Heineke is. And like, dude, they started games last year with Garrett Gilbert and like Heineke and Fitzpatrick. And they were just, they were terrible. So they see Carson who's like, not that great, but has a big arm. And they're like, wow, this is nuts. Um, and the giants, they're not ready. I mean, we know that they had to, literally cut James Bradbury because they're over the cap somehow, even yeah. though they have no talent. So, you know, I think there's, I think there's actually good teams in like goodish teams. Um, I don't think it's the worst division in football. I think the AFC South is the worst. Uh, I think the NFC South is, was the worst until uh, the, the Brady came back and the Saints kind of figured it out. But um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting division. A lot of storylines, a lot of big markets, a lot of uh, history. Yeah. I love, I think it's really, really interesting. We'll start with the favorite Dallas. They're a plus plus one fifteen favorite to win the division, their over-under total is 10.5 on wins. To win the NFC, 8.5 eight, eight to 1. Super Bowl, 18 to 1. I, first of all, I have zero interest in any of these teams, not only to win the NFC, but the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not, I'll have none. Uh, no no monies at all on any of these. They're, again, it's, you You are talking about this division like it's like it's good. I, I don't see it. You're closer to it than I am. I think your team's the most interesting and the best team, but we'll start with the Cowboys. I think yep. a bad offseason for the Cowboys. They get rid of Amari Cooper. They can't keep Cedric Wilson. Uh, we already know that Gallup's going to come back at least about a month late based on his injury, so fewer weapons for Dak. They gave all that money to Ezekiel Elliott. And anyone who plays daily, daily fantasy or fantasy football or has eyeballs, Tony Pollard is a better running back than Zeke. They keep force-feeding him into the offense. Uh, Gregory goes to Denver. Uh, Lael Collins goes to Cincinnati. Like, they're a good team, but holy crap. 
what a bad offseason. And, and as a favorite, no, your Eagles should be the favorite here. I, I have no trust in the Cowboys, and I would be under 10 and a half games if I had to bet this team. Yeah, we'll get to it later, but I honestly like the under for every team in the division. Like, I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 believe me, you Perfect. know, Perfect. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the 90s NFC East with like, <laughs> LT, Reggie, the Cowboys dynasty, uh, the Hogs down in, in Washington. I just will say it's not as dumpster fire-ish as I think it's been in years past. But the Cowboys, yeah. Um, Dak Prescott without talent around him is just not that good. I mean, yeah. I think Dak's a, a great leader. I think he's okay as a passer. I think he's just – he's fine. But I, I kind of have him in the Kirk Cousins tier where it's like, yeah, he can win you games, but – What's the upside there? Like, what what can he really do? Um, and in years past, when he hasn't had weapons, he's just been an oak, like just a below average quarterback. Um, they'll steep, they'll still keep force feeding Zeke for some reason, um, just because they're they're trying to justify that contract. Maybe they can make him a fullback, you know, make him the fullback for Tony <laughs> Pollard, and that's a a new way to get him on the field. Uh, they also lost Cedric Wilson, who I think is yeah. one of the better wide receiver threes in, in football. I think he had like three touchdowns against the Eagles last year. Yeah. Um, so that really sticks out. But what, what what made that team so good for a long time was their offensive line was was dominant. And it's just not that anymore. They've lost a ton of talent. Lyle Collins is over there. They made a weird first-round pick. Um, so that's weird. They lose Randy Gregory, who was good for them. The pass rush is, is fine. Um, I guess it comes down to – how big of a leap can Micah Parsons make in year two? Like, can he be, I think he can be, by the way, I think he's tremendous. It's just, can he yep. be such a difference maker that it, it holds up the rest of the defense? Um, and, you know, I think, I think Trayvon takes, like, it's so funny the way people talk about him. Like he's a lockdown cornerback. Like he allowed the most yards in football last year at, at the cornerback position. So the Cowboys are a tad overrated to me. I like their under of 10 and a half wins as well. I still like them to win the division. Cause honestly, the Eagles, under Jalen Hurts, I've never beat them. Like, like I need to see the Eagles beat them before I'm like totally all in. But Jalen's literally never beat the Cowboys. So yeah, you're too um, close. To, you're, you're, see, this is where you're too close to it. Uh, I'm sure we do the AFC East. I'll be too close to the Patriots because the Eagles, on paper, to me, are a better team. And I think at two to one, uh, just over two to one, that win the division would be interesting. Nine and a half is their win total. Uh, NFC uh, fourteen to one, Super Bowl twenty eight to one. Thumbs down on both of those. But unlike the Cowboys, like they had a legit. You know, draft night, like the A.J. Brown trade, I thought was massive to get him. Jordan Davis up front, massive. N'Kobe Dean, I know you guys talked about him on WIP. Like, they added some real talent to a team I already think is good. The question, of course, I don't have to tell you this, buddy, is Jalen Hurts the guy? Like, this feels like a crap or get off the pot year for him. If he ends up going backwards, they got to do something else next year, a quarterback. Uh, is he going to emerge this year? Are you a, are you pro-Hurts or anti-Hurts there in Philly, Jack Fritz? Uh, I am definitively anti Hertz. Uh, I think he is a, I think he's a great kid. I think he's special from that standpoint. I love everything about him, but ultimately I need more tangibles, less intangibles. And he is a guy that has always been the intangibles guy. He, everyone talks about great of a leader he is and, and all of that, which is fine. And it's important for the quarterback position. You know that, I mean, having Tom Brady for 20 years of your life, which must've been nice, but it comes down to can he throw the ball? And I know he's working with Tom House and, and that whole group out there, which I think is important. But yep. it's just not – he's not accurate. He doesn't have a strong arm. He can't just flick of the wrist, get it out there. You know, uh, I am someone that believes 
I don't think you can just teach accuracy. I think either you're, you are accurate or you're not like you come out of the crib being able to throw the ball. Like it's like, it's just something that's innate. It's something you have something that versus something you don't have. I think it's hard to teach accuracy and I think it's hard to teach, um, you know, arm strength. I think arm strength there, either you have it or you don't, I don't think like you can artificially get it up there a little bit, but ultimately I don't think you can ultimately get it over the top to where it's like any of the top level quarterbacks in the league. So, um, I think that you'll look back at the end of this year and say, the Eagles are good. Uh, I think they can win the division, but they're that classic team. When you look at them, like you looked at the Broncos, like you looked at the Bucks, like you looked at the Rams, like you looked at these teams that have gone out and gotten these difference makers, a quarterback as a team, that's a quarterback away. So, um, I like them a lot to win the division just value wise. Like, I think plus money is crazy. Yeah. And I do think that like they have a top five offensive line. They have two legitimate weapons. They have a top five tight end. They have uh, talent on the defense, which they didn't have last year. They have Bradbury. They have Darius Slay. It's a very good team on paper. I just don't trust the quarterback. Zach, please save off that he called Dallas Goddard a top five tight end, so we can revisit that on a different show and, and show Zach that he's, he's not a top five tight end. He's good. I like him. I like him, but he's not. A top he was. Five. He was. He was top three in every uh, tight end category after they traded Zach Ertz last year. So well, I, I went to Arizona. It was good with the Cardinals too. They had, actually had two good tight ends. They let one yeah. go. Okay. So okay, we spend much too. Of course, too much time on the Eagles. The Commanders, <laughs> Washington Commanders, have Zach, your old friend Carson Wentz at quarterback. They're four and a half to one. Uh, four four fifty to win the division. Eight and a half win total. Uh, Thirty one to one to win the NFC. 44 to one of the Super Bowl. Just put these odds at a thousand to one. They're not winning. These sports books, a million to one. The commanders aren't winning anything. Went in. Uh, Dotson, I thought was a good pick, the kid from Penn State. Terry McLaurin's doing that thing where all the, the wide receivers want more money. So we'll see if they get a, him signed up long term. Uh, I don't have a good feel for the commanders, but eight and a half feels awfully high for me uh, on their over. Maybe I'll do the Jack Fritz thing, just bet unders across the way. Can Wentz make this team better since you're a Wentz man there in Philly? Yeah. Uh, my first question to you, Mutt, as we talk about Washington, is yep. what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on the, on their fan chant? Do you, do you know what their fan chant is? Go. I, commander's name stinks, but go ahead. It's what terrible. is terrible. It, it, it is. We are commanders. Bump around. Bump 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 bump. It's terrible. Like we it's are, like, it's the, what's that commercial? It's farmers. They farmers. stole it from Downtown. the farmers commercial. Yeah. <laughs> no, they did not. They did. They did no, not. they legitimately did. There's a fan group down there that started a "We Are Commanders" bump, 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 bump. And yeah, it's that's terrible. That's some, that sums up their team name. That's some, yeah, and well, not their fault. Daniel Snyder's a clown show. If I'm a, if I'm a fan of that team, I want him out. I'm embarrassed too. I might as well do farmers insurance commercials. So I'm out on, yeah. not on the name, out on the chant. Both. Yeah. Well, and then you hear that it, it's got to be hard. I mean, it really does have to be hard to to. to to be a fan of that team and expect anything from them with the, we are commanders chant. That is terrible. I will say this though, is that last year they were the favorites to win the division heading into the year. Um, and they lost Brandon Sheriff this year, which I think is a, is a decently big loss. He was one of the best guards in the league. Um, you, but they still have that, that, that defensive line that everyone believed in that was just nasty last year. Um, when, and especially when Chase Young is healthy, um, you know, the, it actually wasn't last year. The year before, their defensive line was crazy good. So um, they are all healthy now, and they were still picked to win the division with <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick as quarterback. And I think Carson's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would hope. Um, you know, and I think, people, I think Carson gets a, a bad rep uh, a lot. You know, because he lost that game in Jacksonville at the end of the year, and the owner hated him. Um, but 
3,500 yards, 27 and seven. That's not like disaster numbers. You know, I think if the way Carson's talked about, it, you would think that he passed for like 20 touchdowns and 15 picks, like 27 and seven missing a couple games there. Uh, it's not a disaster. Um, and he's he just continues to be more removed from the injury that he's had while being an Eagle. So, you know, I, I think eight is the right number for the commanders. I could never in a million years take their over. Yeah, I, I'm with you. So we're, we're, we're similar spot there. The final team of the division uh, is the Giants. Seven to one to win the thing. Seven and a half team total. 40-41 to win the, the NFC. 80 to one again. Make them a billion to one to win the Super Bowl. I, it's a team I want to, like, again, that's why I don't think it's a great team, a, a great division, but it's very interesting because I, I, I want to believe in Brian Dayball. Like guys like Dayball, Josh McDaniels, I want those guys to be offensive coaches that go there because they're not – there are a lot of dumb coaches in the NFL. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, this summer. I don't think Dayball is going to be one of them. He was smart. Went to Alabama with Saban. He was in New England with Belichick. Like, I like uh, Dayball. I love the fact that, like, a Daniel Jones show-me year. It just feels like a very bridgy year for them. You know, they didn't spend a lot of money. They had to cut Bradbury. Feels like a reset. Dayball brings in some guys, tries to bring in a new culture, and a year from now – They'll be more interesting. But in my heart, I'm rooting for Dave because I like offensive coaches. I like smart coaches. He appears to be both. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm with you on the read of where this team is at. I think, I think they're a year away from, from being actually interesting. Um, and, and frankly, I don't care that it's Daniel Jones's birthday. Um, he is not very It good. is? Oh, like, oh, happy birthday. A male yeah, celebrating his birthday. birthday in his 20s is really worth something celebrating, yes. Yes. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, enjoy your last year as Giants quarterback is how I would, is how I would phrase it. So um, I actually do, I just like what they did in the draft. Like I thought it was the first time where it was like, okay, they get it. I mean, they took an, they took an offensive lineman and they took an, an edge rusher. I mean, and, yeah. and if you want to rebuild a football team and you want to kind of start from scratch and rebuild a culture, you know, I think bringing in a guy like Dave Bowles big, um, whether Jones is the guy or proves he's not the guy, you have a, an offensive quarterback kind of guru guy. Um, I think that's important. That attracts any free agent slash a young quarterback that you want to draft and kind of develop. Um, and then you, you, you build on the trenches and then build out from there. I think, you know, Gettleman was such a disaster. Um, and every time I hear the, the Joe Sheehan guy talk, I'm like, this guy gets it. So as yeah. an Eagles fan, yeah, it's a little annoying that it seems like the Giants are on their way back. But I really do believe the Giants are on their way back. And I think within the next two years, they'll be legitimately competing for the division. Yeah, the seven and a half, I can't touch because I don't know, like, how serious Dayball is going to take this year. Will he just you know, try to install his offense and see what's there? So I would say my favorite bet, and this is not – I'm not trying to jinx – Jack's team. I'm not trying to reverse psychology this home, but I think the Eagles at two to one to win the division. My favorite bet in the NFC East. Jack, favorite bet? Uh, I'm with you on that one. I think I think them being plus money is ridiculous. I think they're just as talented as the Cowboys, and I think that um, it's pretty much a coin flip. So I'll take plus money anytime I can get it. All right, that's the NFC East dissecting divisions. We will uh, be back uh, next week in the middle segment. I don't, well, I'll, I'll let you decide. You I'll let you roll the dice. You decide what division we talk about next week here. Uh, on Dissecting the Divisions here, BetQL Weekend. Well, it is a holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. People enjoying, uh, hopefully, Monday off across the country. That means barbecues. That means over-unders for your weekend barbecues for the holiday. And we celebrate my Preakness trifecta, which won Jack $0 because he didn't bet any of it. That's next year. Bet Welcome back to BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network. 
Home stretch here, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. You're also watching on twitch.tv slash BetQL. Mutt and Fritz, Mike Manansky, WEI in Boston. Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia. Uh, a three-day weekend, hopefully, for many of you out there. We'll get to handicapping uh, the different barbecues you'll be going to uh, in just a couple of minutes. But I thought it was nice. You sent uh, Zach and I, our producer, a text and said, let's spend a couple minutes here really just celebrating Mutt for sitting on this show and giving out the exact Preakness trifecta Early voting, uh, over epicenter, over uh, creative minister, one, two, three. Every dollar you bet, it returned almost 70. Every $2 you bet, it returned 133. I picked early voting on top. He paid $13 uh, to win. Uh, I thought it was very nice. You said, well, I really want to focus the show late in the show on your knowledge of horse racing and handicapping, Jack. I just want to say thank you to you on this holiday weekend. Yeah, no, it's no problem. And again, I, I just, are you going to be able to make it like the rest of the show? I mean, there's been <laughs> no, a lot. No. Like, is your arm getting tired from, from dissecting <laughs> no. divisions? Listen, to, to, when to, you have, here's the deal. When you have as many losers as I have, when you have an occasional winner, you tell people and you, and you remind them a year from now, when I don't have the Preakness winner, I'll say, well, Jack, I had it last year. I had it yep. last year. What about that one? Yep. Well, as you know, uh, horse racing, horse racing betting is uh, it's a what have you done for me lately league. So, yep. you know, we're going to keep holding you accountable as we go along here. I will say um, no credit for me calling Epicenter a choker. I mean, I, I, I told you he's, he doesn't oh, have a call oh, sheet. Oh, yeah, you... And once again, like, I'll go full Ricky Bobby on you. I mean, if you're not first, you're last. So I don't care that he plays show in whatever little thing you do with betting where it's like, oh, he came in second. So I win money on that. Seems like a losing strategy uh, when it comes to, to betting horses. Uh, maybe, maybe toughen up a little bit. But my big thing is, Mott, is, you know, I just think it's so embarrassing that the horse that won the Kentucky Derby didn't run in that race because he wasn't mentally ready to run. How does a horse trainer know if a horse is mentally ready to run? Meanwhile, he did run at Churchill on the same day, did he not? Yeah, he's wor- he's worked out. He's having a we're talking Friday. He's going to have his first, you know, real breeze. They call it a harder workout, but less than just stretching out his legs. He's going to sprint a little bit uh, today. He he was doing that the last couple of days, but I, I would agree with you a thousand percent. I, I putting the horse horse's health first is important, um, but the horse was sound. There is no injury. And it's just, it's, it's a non-competitive thing. Like, again, we're going to sound like, I, I love the idea of Epicenter being a choker and lacking the clutch gene. And then I'll yell, I need a compete level out of Rich Strike. Like, out of the connections here. You're going to show up and compete. You have one chance to win the Triple Crown. Only three-year-olds running it. The only horse that can win the Triple Crown is the one that wins the Derby. And he sat out. So I respect that they are, they're putting the horse first. He's going to run in the Belmont Stakes in a couple of weeks. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, on June 10th. Uh, but yeah, really, really, really took some starch out of the race. And I, if you weren't a horse racing fan or didn't want to bet my pick early voting, who won exactly the way I said he was going to win, uh, <laughs> I understand if you didn't even watch the race. Like it, it's without the Derby winner. I mean, there was a shot Jack of the the Preakness, like the real nice seats up front right before the race. There was nobody there. Like people had already left. They just gone for the experience and ducked out early before the crowd because they knew they had no shot of seeing a Triple Crown winner, which is ninety five percent of the excitement. For the casual audience, you didn't have that. So your criticism of Rich Strike, I understand the horse's health. He should have been in that race. Totally agree. Great point. Yeah, I mean, once again, like whatever happened to these athletes just just going out there, these starters throwing 150 pitches and and throwing complete games. You know, I mean, I know, 
I know my guy Nick Pavetta threw a complete game for you uh, last sure week, and, and it was sure just. I mean, they were almost planning the parade in Boston because uh, we just don't see those anymore. Like, what what happened to those days? Load management. Now we're load managing horses. I mean, well, like it's the horse doesn't know if he's mentally ready or not. He's just like, okay, I guess I'll go run today. I mean, uh, what is that? It's just an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. I'm, I'm a lot of times like the, the Kawhi Say Leonard it. of horse racing. <laughs> so his trainer Eric Reed is Greg Popovich. Just ben benching. Yeah, the Adam Silver should have stepped in and said, "You can't load manage primetime games on ABC. We can't have this happen. You can't sit him down." I agree. He's going to run in the Belmont. I'll be betting oh, every awesome. every awesome. bet I have will be against Rich Strike. Not because he's a uh, you know because he sat out the race because he has no shot. And I thought this happens in horse racing, Jack. Sometimes like a big long shot will win one of these big three year old races and they'll never race again because his breeding rights, like his breeding buzz, will go down. And so I'm saying he's going to run in the Belmont. I would not be completely shocked if they say he's done enough. He's going to the breeding shed and we're going to make money on him in other ways besides him winning races. So that's enough congratulating the Preakness. You mentioned baseball real quick. The offense is back. Like, I, it's going to be super hot and humid this weekend uh, in New England. Red Sox home against Baltimore. They have a five-game series because of the doubleheaders. Uh, they have to mix in occasionally because they started the season late. Uh, do not be afraid about the Red Sox team total overs. They've gone, uh, I think, six of the last seven. They've gone over. Trevor Story is the hottest hitter in baseball. The Orioles pitching staff has come right back down to earth. Uh, Red Sox over team totals this weekend. I'm going to be very interested in all five games against the Orioles. Yeah, and it, it seems like, like out of nowhere, uh, once again, Boston catching a break. It's good to see um, uh, the Red Sox aren't terrible. They, they're, they're just okay, I guess. I still don't believe in the pitching staff. You know, I, th I think the pitching staff's fine. I think the Red, I think the bullpen's uh, very eh. But they were yep. always built to, built to mash. And, and Trevor Story starting to silence the critics of uh, being a chorus production. Um, so that's good to see because he's – I, I honestly, I'm sick and tired of the course narrative. Like it drives me crazy. I think talented yeah. hitters are talented hitters, no matter where they go. So um, it's good to see them doing that. That um, you know, it, it it's so funny because the, the the Red Sox are are getting going here, but like, what are they gonna do with Rafi? What are they gonna do with with Bogarts? Like the, their two main keys of that lineup are. I mean, I know the Bogarts contracts coming up soon they almost have to decide he can opt what out they're gonna do no, I mean, he, he can opt out of his he's gonna opt out of his deal you know they offer him a terrible one-year extension jack um that was embarrassing he was upset about that because he wants to stay here but unless they give him a big time deal that's in line with the other guys who made money like trevor story money uh yeah. who they gave six and 142 he's gonna be gone Devers a free agent after next year jd martinez a free agent um he said today scott boris he's gonna listen to whoever scott says if scott says a good deal he'll take it if not he'll go to market and now with the National League having DH available, uh, he can have other places to go. Nate Evaldi's a free agent. Kike's a free agent. It's a really weird year. They should be competitive for the wild card. Uh, I would not bet them at 45-1 to one to win the World Series. 25-1 uh, to one to win the AL East. No, they're not, they're not chasing down the Yankees. The Yankees' lead is too big. But they should be competitive. They should be a wild card team. And there should, find, there should be at least be a baseball season. Here in Boston, no Did one's you paying. There attention. should finally be a baseball season. This is so sick. Yes, like I'm, yes, no, they, dude. They were terrible. To start I have here. sat through them. eleven straight non-playoff seasons as a Phillies fan. Enough with the finally it's a baseball season. I'm so sick and tired of Boston, man. Why did I sign up to do a show with a guy from Boston and having the nerve to tell me, "Oh, it's finally a baseball season." I am the baseball guy here, and I've been living off nothing for 11 years. So, um, 
listen, enough. We got I got Phil's Mets this weekend. Zach's getting fired again. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's all great. Um, and if the Phils don't take two and three this weekend, you're you're hosting with someone else next Friday. No, you will be here front and center. I actually I hope they do lose. You'll be you'll be better on the air if they do lose. Uh, a lot of baseball this weekend. Uh, people be focused on that. Plus, uh, PGA is going on. You got the NBA, which will have uh, a game six on Friday night and then uh, maybe a game seven on Sunday. Although you and I both think Celtics will roll and win that game and go on to the finals against the Warriors. But we know we have for sure Memorial Day weekend. Okay, so a lot of barbecues. I know for sure we have a family barbecue scheduled that I'm hosting on Monday. Oh. So I want from you, Jack Fritz, the best and worst. I call it first and worst things as a host of a party. You want to see people bring to Memorial Day party or any event, Memorial Day, 4th of July, et cetera. Because you know what happens. People bring stuff. It never goes. So it ends up staying at your house. So for me, the best thing is beer. The beer is never going to go anywhere. You put it in your fridge. Those are free beers for later. What's the best thing you can see somebody bring to a party you're hosting this weekend? Well, the, the, real quick on the beer point, I want to make sure you break that down fully. Give the all 22 perspective oh. on, the, on the beer bringing is, okay. <laughs> is the key to being the host. I think personally is buying way too much beer so that you have the excuse of like, ah, listen, there's so much beer in the fridge like that. We, we have left over. I'm sorry. I have Very to cool. have another one. Um, cool. So I think that that's a veteran move um, by you and, and, veteran, and veteran savvy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for me, th there's nothing worse than, than bringing coleslaw. It's, it's a total waste of time. It doesn't even bother being on a plate unless coleslaw is a part of a sandwich. It's really inedible. I, I, I frankly don't see the point. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's more of like a, a, makes a sandwich better rather than better eating by itself. So coleslaw is, is inedible. And, and anyone that brings anyone that gets too veggie happy at any kind of barbecue, I'm sort of out on like, stop ruining everyone else's time. You know, like, don't make this about you and your, and your vegetarian veggie craze. You know, I want, give me, give me the, the, the mac and cheese, give me Buffalo chicken dip, give me guacamole. Um, but give me all of that. But uh, veggie trays? No. Cole's no, no. Store-bought store, store veggie trays where oh. it's in that plastic thing with the blue cheese in the middle? Oh, loserville. Don't show. Don't turn around. Leave it in your car. Along the same lines, though, potato salad. Now, it's similar to coleslaw, but no one eats the potato salad, especially, oh. especially the home, homemade potato salad. Oh, like, terrible Aunt, Aunt, Sue, Aunt Sue brought homemade potato salad. It gets half-eaten. Then you're stuck with it for the next week, which, by the way, goes right in the trash. So, I'm right there with what you're saying. You like potato salad? You're okay. Oh, I love I love potato salad. Like, because well, my my dad makes a really strong potato salad. Oh, here I we will go. agree with yep. you. I will agree go. with you that bad potato salad isn't edible. I had potato salad the other day that had like bacon in it, and it was just like bacon mixed with the mayo, mixed with the. It was. It, I felt it's like the I mayo in the sun. That's why the, it's 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 the coleslaw thing. It sits there. Out in the yeah. sun. Uh, they, uh, so our producer, Zach, uh, Zach, set your over under at 10 and a half beers on Memorial Day. I have loaded up on the over. Now, it was minus 130, so I had to pay the juice. But I, I, think, I think you can clear that over pretty easily. Just on Memorial Day? Like just Monday? Or are we talking yeah. Sunday, Monday? No, just Monday. Just uh, whatever, whatever one you pick is your day. Like you'll pick one of those days where you know this is my day. So whatever, whatever your varsity day is, I'm taking the over based on your text messages. Yeah, well, listen, my max... <laughs> This is going to sound bad. This isn't college, but my maximum one that I got, I got one beer shy of finishing a case. I got the oh. 23. 
and then, and then I, I passed out on a recliner and I woke up and I didn't feel like finishing the last one to, 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 to fully accomplish my goal. Uh, but 10 and a half is a big number, especially at my current stage. I will take the under, um, but do not count your boy out, okay? Yeah, I got a lot of Little League. There's a travel Little League game mixed in, so this will be uh, this will be an under for me. I'll be over over on cheeseburgers, under on beers. Feels like the weekend for me. How many hot uh, dogs? We, too many hot dogs. That's my last question. How many is too many? Uh, no, more than more than four. I say up to four, you're okay. Like you spread them out during the day. Three is an easy three. Four and eh, four is low. okay. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, Jack. We'll talk next week. Jack Fritz, WIP, Mutt, WEI. Have a great and safe weekend. We're back next weekend, guys. See you.